0: You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. So everything Jeff W. and I have been consuming throughout the week, whether it's movies, TV, comic books, video games, all of that stuff. We're going to be talking about it on Seasons Change. This is actually going to be a special episode because I had been gone to Texas the last two weeks and we had a couple things build up, a couple big releases. So Jeff and I are going to be reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home, The Matrix Resurrections and the first episode, Chapter One of the Book of Boba Fett. So this is going to be an all-review episode. Um, a little bit different than our normal, but we wanted to talk about all these great things that have been coming out. So I am Vactor. I am one of your hosts. And we've got the always angry Jeff W. with us. Jeff, how's it been the last two weeks?
1: Yeah, You already annoyed me, but um, <laughs> what what's funny is I think you missed probably the most action-packed, weeks of the entire year
0: that sounds about right so yeah Keep thanks thanks a lot we had the,
1: the biggest releases the most anticipated things spider-man boba fett matrix you were gone so thanks a lot
0: <laughs> well i'm back baby mm-hmm. and i just want to let everybody know you can always check us out on social media you can find us at seasons underscore podcast on twitter You can leave us a voicemail if you want to on our Anchor page, which is just anchor.fm slash seasons change. You can leave us a a voicemail, record it right there, or even on the Anchor app. You can just press record, send us a message, and we will respond to you. We'll play it on the air, and we will have a good time with you. Um, If you want to check out our boy Shoff, who does our voiceover at the beginning, um, we have a link in our show notes to his Fiverr page. Shoff is one half of the Geek, So to Speak podcast, along with Wonder Rob, who is somebody that Jeff and I play a lot of video games with. So if you want to check out Jeff and I playing, we haven't played recently, but we're going to be getting back a little back to blood, Jeff, or back, back for blood, I should say. Back and to blood. Halo Infinite we will be checking us out on yeah. the Geek, So to Speak YouTube page. That's where you can find us. Um, and in the meantime, Wonder Rob also plays games without me and Jeff. Thanks a lot, Rob. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out over at Geek, so to speak. And they have a wonderful podcast, which I have a comic book segment on called Vactor Loves Comics. So check that out. They're on a little bit of a break for the new year, but they're going to be coming back with their Best of 2021 show. So speaking of Best of 2021, Jeff... Spider-Man: No Way Home. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it.
1: Right, and so actually, we don't have in our notes, but I'll give my summary of this movie. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so Rob's favorite part of the show. All right, so we're gonna. I think we should do like a challenge for these. Like, I should do it under a minute. You yeah, know, I should set like a timer. Let me, let me challenge. set a timer for myself. Right? Sounds good. So basically, let's. Just, I guess what this leads off directly from the previous movie where Mysterio has revealed him, you know, to be Peter Parker. Yes. And then you essentially start exactly from that moment. Um, so right now, one minute rundown. Peter doesn't like it. He is running into all these issues, which are all kind of superficial. Like he's Spider-Man, but he cares about school still, which to me is crazy. We'll get to that. Um. So then he goes to Doctor Strange. He wants to reverse it, and then you know there's some you know tomfoolery going on about him not you know he should not do this spell that, but he does it for Peter anyway. So he does the spell. The spell has some problems because Peter won't shut up, and then it breaks. And then all these people start coming back. And then uh, the villains come back. On, I got 20 seconds. And then uh, there's more Spider-Man that no one gave a shit about. And then all this stuff, uh, you know, all the villains come back. They, they try to cure them. Doc Doc is a good guy again. And then Willem Dafoe's crazy. Um, and then uh, your Captain America's shield is on the Statue of Liberty. I don't know what's happening there. And that's the minute. All
0: right. That was Jeff W. Summary. So let us know what you think about Jeff W. Summary. Send us a message. Um, Pretty good, Jeff. Spider-Man, No Way Home. That was a good wrap-up. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of it, Jeff. Yeah. We already had our episode where we ranked all of the Spider-Man movies. I guess you could include Venom in those movies, but we just did the main Spider-Man movies. Right. um, that was our previous episode. So if you want to, if you want to know our thoughts on all of the previous movies, check out our our last episode. But where does this one fall now, Jeff, in your rankings?
1: Uh, this is number two, behind Spider Verse, I'd say. Yeah, Spider Verse is so hard to beat for me, um, just because I liked how that movie looked. You know, like there's there's you you have to kind of nail it on all you know fronts for that movie. Um and I had some problems with this movie. Um not not a lot, really main one major thing. We will talk about it, but um yeah, you know, I, I'd still say this is this is better than every other live action Spider-Man movie I've seen. I know it it rides on the coattails of the previous ones a bit, but um this is clearly the best one, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give before we go into our spoiler talk on the movie. I'm just going to say overall, this is one of my favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. And yeah, I think it's up there with Spider-Man two. The into the spider verse is always going to be number one until we have a, um, a better one come out. But I think this is right in that maybe second, third slot on the Spider-Man rankings. This is one of the best. And it's almost like a Avengers Endgame for Spider-Man movies. The way that they kind of brought everything together. So yeah. I loved it. One of my favorite movies of the year. I've I've seen it twice so far. I didn't get a chance to see it in Dolby like Jeff did. But um I saw it twice, really enjoyed it, and I think we can get right into our spoilers right away, Jeff.
1: Yeah. So um, Yeah, so where do you wanna begin? Do you wanna start from the beginning or yeah let's let's
0: start at the very beginning what were your thoughts um
1: yeah i think i think it's it's interesting i guess so i guess we'll break it down maybe let's we should maybe do the acts right like the beginning is you know peter trying to reverse the spell and talking to dr strange right Right. like we'll kind of just review that that section first or just talk about that which um you know this I, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, this inter- this this brings like an interesting problem for Peter. You know, he's having all this trouble. the The thing for me and the problem, and there, there's actually there's two things that really bug me, and this kind of is uh, a thing with the character Spider Man in general. Is and this is the first one where you know he has this problem where he's like, you know, Spider Man or everybody knows he's Spider Man, so he's hanging out at Happy's house or whatever that guy's name is, whatever Favreau's <laughs> name is in the yeah Happy home. Um, yeah. He's hanging out at his house, and I'm like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of cool stuff happening here. Visually, everything looks great, obviously. Um, High budget, great-looking movie. Um, The problem I have is that eventually he, you know... So he's having all these problems with everybody, you know, having to deal with the fallout of him becoming known as Spider-Man, right? And then the thing that triggers him to want to reverse everything is for his friends to get into a school. And I know it's like a lot more, it's like that, but that's like the thing, right? Like that's what they show in the movie is like, hey, this is the one that really upsets him. And like, even they even poke fun at the idea of it in it where he's like, you know, Doctor Strange is like, you didn't think to fucking call, (laughs) you know, and just try to get them in now that you're Spider-Man rather than, you know, wipe the memory of everybody. But then they just keep doing it. Right. Um, Right. So uh, to me, and I don't don't know what you thought about that, that part, but I was like, this kind of doesn't make sense to me in terms of like, like if if you're, if you're having all this and, you know, and it seems to be modern, you know, people have cell phones. This is not like some alternate universe. Like they're kind of going for a realistic thing here. Like, like I'm pretty sure somebody with that clout would be able to get somebody into a school, you know?
0: Yeah. That's supposed to be, number one, it's supposed to be like for comedy with Dr. Strange. Oh, didn't you know you could just call them? But the other thing is, it's supposed to show his age of, oh, he's a kid and he makes dumb decisions. And that's Mm -hmm. like the whole Peter Parker thing. And even Dr. Strange references at one point, he's like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting you're just a kid and everybody else is an adult. So I think that's why that was there. And that mm-hmm. was dumb on purpose. Like it was supposed to be stupid. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I think they did that on purpose to be dumb.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought but you like Doctor Strange in general. Yeah, and I was gonna say and that was a that was a note that I had made when I was watching the movie, and just because while we're on it speaking, I was like, you know, and and this plays into this whole section, I guess you know i don't know where the 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 first act would end technically and actually you've seen the movie more than me so i probably should see it again um cuz it's been a, a little while now but um you know just when I, I just remember seeing uh him on the screen again and being like you know doctor strange like the movies and you know i guess if you did a tv show but i think the movies with the with the higher budget and more time like what a perfect uh you know avenue for that character you know yes like all of the stuff in this looks looks great and you know obviously the movie he had you know that stuff looks good i remember watching that doctor strange movie being like all right well you know it was kind of the same thing with guardians where i was like all right i don't really know this character this is probably not going to be that great you're kind of waiting for the the fall off of these movies in a way and i was like man like what a great like you can't convey this on a comic book page you know as effectively as you could in like a on the big screen, you mm-hmm. know just the way he like the how he manipulates things like time and space, and then like the mirror universe or whatever it's called, yeah, the mirror thing um I was like, yeah, you know, and all that stuff looks really cool, I thought in the yeah, uh, and that's
0: supposed to be like half. the original doctor Strange was you know, 60s, 70s, and it's supposed to be psychedelic, like, hey, man, far yeah. out. This stuff is chippy, man. It's mm-hmm. going all over the place. But that was what was great about that first Doctor Strange movie, and then, like you said, in this one with the mirror universe. Yeah. And then after the credits, the second after-credits scene was basically the trailer for Doctor Strange 2,
1: yep. mm-hmm. Multiverse
0: of Madness, and that looks great. It looks like we're just going to be getting more and more into that um and actually it seems like it's going to be the ramifications of what he did in this movie in, in Spider-Man No Way Home yeah doctor strange is going to have to kind of reckon with that because they already had the the original um movie the original doctor strange movie after the credits had that guy the villain mm-hmm. coming after him and he was like i'm got to kill all the sorcerers i got to kill every sorcerer so they have to reckon with that and, I think, the ramifications yeah. of what he did in this one. That's what it seems
1: like. Doing Yeah. So I think, you know, yeah. What a, like, just the whole train sequence that they were on and he's, like, you know, creating the duplicates in the circle. And that was in the trailer. Um, in, in that that whole section and then, like, I thought it was, you know, the the comedy that I look for in Spider-Man or the, the things that I liked was, you know, he's holding the uh, the cube thing um and he's like you know strange has him like frozen in time in midair and he but he can still move around and he's keeping the cube from strange you know um stuff like that I thought was was good I so I you know the first you know to start it off I was like you know I had a little bit of a problem with the um the like the reasoning of like trying to get these guys in the schools to me it seemed pointless I was like there's more important things happening um but you know the, everything in between i liked
0: yeah it was from top to bottom done uh fantastically i think they just executed everything with doctor strange and we already knew he was going to be it you know even from that first trailer um they just executed it perfectly mm-hmm. so i was really happy with that and bringing in all of the other like it, basically the whole spell that gets messed up is he wants everybody to forget and it does the alternate, like the opposite. Everybody who knows he's Peter Parker gets brought into that universe. Yeah. And because Peter was like messing up the spell the whole time Dr. Strange was doing it, he was like, Oh wait, 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 uh, maybe this guy should know. Oh wait, 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 that person should know. And again, that's just supposed to show his age, how young he is and, Making Ooh. the wrong decisions, you know, and then you got to fix that. That's like the whole the whole plot of the movie is you got to fix what he messed up at the beginning. Yeah. So all of that stuff, bringing in the... that, Like you said earlier, or actually, I think we talked about this off mic. That was a great way of bringing in all these yeah. alternate characters from yeah. other Sony Spider-Man um, movies into this one, which... It's technically this is a Sony movie, but people refer to this as the MCU Spider Man.
1: Yeah, well, I, so, I think it's full blown MCU to me because I guess my other note that I made here: fucking Daredevil's in it, and like, and he's from Netflix. So I, I guess this is all MCU, right? Like, I don't even know how we I don't even know how we categorize those because this dude is from Netflix you know, through Marvel into a Sony-owned property, right?
0: Yeah. So what they did was, that, like, they put in association with Marvel, like, at the beginning of every Marvel right. MCU movie, it's just the Marvel logo. At the right. beginning of these Sony ones, also Venom, and I bet you Morbius is going to do the same thing, they put in association with Marvel. So. Yeah. That's how they get around it. They're like, all right, technically, this is a Sony movie, but Marvel helped us out.
1: But Marvel's doing everything that makes this movie good, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I don't all know. All the Sony's... creative. Everything Sony touches independently, to me, is not great. Or, like, it's good. It's fine. But, like, not, like, except for Spider-Verse, right? Like, yeah. I guess they did their thing there. But, like, you know, every live action, to me, has, is below the ones since Marvel has stepped in, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. Um but yeah, so yeah, but Daredevil, I thought his appearance was a I was like I was hyped because I really like that that series on Netflix and I like I even like the Punisher uh series on Netflix too. I thought those were both pretty good. Uh but the yeah. Daredevil one to me was clearly the the crown jewel of those series that came yes. out. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm so glad they kept that guy and like a really cool way to bring him in, like catching the brick, you know, yeah, and doing that. that and my crowd great. the crowd at my in my theater went went pretty crazy when they saw that.
0: Yeah, and Unfortunately for me and anyone else who kind of was following the rumors, Charlie Cox had been photographed on set.
1: We saw that. I saw the exact frame that you see in the movie before it came out.
0: Oh, (laughs) so that was kind of unfortunate because that would have been great to not know anything, like not even, oh, maybe it might be a thing. If you just all of a sudden saw Daredevil in the middle of a Spider-Man movie, that would have been crazy because that's what I always wanted Even going back to when all of the, you know, the different Marvel heroes were caught up in different studios. Let's say like the Fantastic Four movie
1: Mm -hmm. at
0: Fox originally. I just wanted, all right, just have Spider-Man swinging in the background. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to be a character in the movie. Just know that they're in the same universe, like in the comic books. Because you would have people make cameo appearances all the time and show you that it's this larger universe. Now, that's finally what they're doing with the MCU and having everything under one umbrella now. Um, but I don't know. I haven't gotten any clarification on this. The The, the Netflix shows, mm-hmm. I don't know if those are considered canon or not because before right. this, I was told that they were not. That was my understanding, that they they were kind of erasing everything. And one of the biggest um like things about that was Luke Cage um in the Luke Cage show Mahershala Ali plays the vi- the villain the bad guy uh uh-huh. now he's playing Blade and oh, so they were right. like oh yeah that yeah. doesn't like we we don't, we're not even considering that to be part of it and they did the same thing with um that ABC show Agents of Shield they were like um yeah this uh just don't, oh yeah! Don't even think about that. It's over there. We don't, we don't want you to think existed. about that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And like you said, Daredevil is a crown jewel of those shows. Yeah. And it kind of progressively got worse as it went down the line. Um, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And then it went Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist, and then really? Defenders, and and Punishers in there in between. But yeah. everything was leading up to Defenders, and that was where they all came together. Yeah. But it just it it progressively got so worse that I stopped. I never watching watched them.
1: Defenders. Yeah. Yes, I, I didn't watch it that. at
0: all, and I didn't okay. watch Luke um, Iron Fist at all because I heard it was so bad. And then I watched like an honest trailer of Iron Fist, and I was like, I'm glad I did not waste my time on that because the action, the fighting, looked terrible. Looked like garbage. Yeah. And Iron Fist is supposed to be one of the best fighters in the Marvel universe. So the Netflix shows. I think Marvel's kind of like cherry picking and and they're going to say, okay, Daredevil exists because um, you didn't watch Hawkeye. Did you?
1: I haven't finished watching it. I watched the first couple of episodes. I have not finished.
0: I know you don't care about spoilers, but for our our listeners uh, spoilers for Hawkeye here. So if you, if you don't want to be spoiled, skip ahead like 30 seconds in the latest or in the last episodes of Hawkeye. At the end of episode five, they reveal the kingpin. And it's Vincent D'Onofrio. And then in episode six, he actually appears. He makes an actual appearance. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Marvel's like, all right, Daredevil was the best. So let's take Charlie Cox, Daredevil, and Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin, and let's put them in the MCU. So it seems like that's what they're doing. And they timed it also where that episode came out when No Way Home came out. So... Uh. Yeah, both of those things came right. out around the same time. Yeah, and, and I, it'll
1: be interesting to see what they do with that. You know, and I think, really, I think the main important thing to me is because I liked, um, I liked him as Daredevil, right? Yes. I don't. I don't need like the context of it there. I just want that guy to do it again because I think it's, to me, it's only fair. Like if somebody's yeah. like that comes in and does that good of a job. Like should be able to to come in and do that and and yeah and because I like looking at the shows like I like Jessica Jones to me was boring, um, Luke Cage to me was pretty boring too to be honest. Uh, Iron Fist I never watched. Defenders I never watched. Punisher was pretty good I thought. Um, so they had some like strong stuff there, but yeah, I just would rather them, you know, like they made the good choices they made in those series should yeah you know follow through uh, to the movies.
0: Yeah, so hopefully we'll get a good Daredevil show, or I should say Daredevil movie in the MCU um, coming up. But back to Spider Man. Yeah, I think one of the best things about No Way Home is it captures the essence of Spider Man because that's what a lot of those we talked about it on our you know our ranking episode of Spider Man. A lot of those movies were missing the core elements of Spider Man as a whole, and that's what I loved from the comic books. This movie here, No Way Home, is a culmination of... It's basically this trilogy was the Spider-Man origin story for the Marvel, you know, for MCU. First time we saw him was in Civil War, and he just appeared, and he was already Spider-Man. He was already in the costume. We didn't get any Uncle Ben dying. We didn't get any backstory like that. Yeah, And this whole trilogy has really been his... Journey because the last shot of the movie is him as Spider Man, and it's like he's in New York, he's in a uh, a bad apartment, he's on his yeah. own, he made his own costume, he's like the shiny cost- looking. Yes, right? the costume yeah. was bright because yeah. the whole time these these whole three movies, it's been muted colors, and that's always like oh the I always thought thing yeah yeah, and I always thought that was like the movie thing because. Mm. Even going back to X-Men with Fox, you know, they're like, the Cyclops has that. Oh, what do you want us to wear? Yellow spandex. And it's always (laughs) making fun of the the comic book costumes. Mm -hmm. They don't show as well on the movies. Well, this one, it's like, okay, this is Spider-Man's. This is one of the most iconic costumes in all of, you know, pop culture. So having that bright and shiny. Now, it was kind of weird that it was at nighttime. So we didn't see it. All the way but it was winter, like
1: yeah yeah
0: it was shiny but him swinging through the city i i watched the thing with the director and he was like i wanted to hold back purposely because in the very first one it was like in the suburbs so he wasn't mm. like swinging around as much the yeah. second one he goes over to europe and then this third one he's all trying to deal with all the you know the the multiverse stuff but at the end of the thing it's like all right now he's in new york he's swinging that's what mm-hmm. Spider-Man is like yeah. all of those things. And you also had his journey with great power comes great responsibility. He didn't have the uncle Ben thing, but aunt may was his uncle Ben. Her dying mm-hmm. is the reason he becomes like, he feels like completes that, that whole responsibility yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. And I guess actually since we're just talking about that and we, and it, this kind of bleeds into what would become the second act. Um, so they bring back, you know, the all the villains, all the noteworthy villains, right? Um, you know, Jamie Fox is totally different now. They just kind of didn't cover that much, you know, for him. They didn't say why he looks so different. Yeah, um, just that he's in a new universe, and for some reason the power there feels different. Yeah, Although one I of the screen crush the best videos. One, uh, yeah, best
0: yeah. out of all of them. One of the screen crush videos had a. Um, possible explanation about him making mm. a new body yeah versus, I need to watch that. yeah yeah versus the old one mm-hmm. uh, but yeah definitely i don't i don't understand what they were thinking specifically with that movie making yeah. him blue yeah i it just i guess well electricity is sometimes blue so we'll make that we'll make yeah. it
1: different from the comics and what a perfect like in in it's a shame too that that falls a little bit in like um it's a little bit of a i don't know if you want to say plot hole but just like a little bit of a weird thing where they don't explain stuff but like the look of it is so good yeah like the suit that he's wearing and then like the tribute of you know keeping it with the yellow theme and you know keeping that like you know uh like lightning bolt mask from the original but it only makes appearances when he's using it like it just flashes on his face like right and it looks like just real like electricity but it still is like a tribute to that so yeah that uh a shame that it, they kind of just threw it in there and didn't really have a good explanation and I, and I don't blame them for that because you you really, it's probably hard to retcon that a little bit
0: but, yeah, um, and I think it just was just
1: one of the best looking things they've done.
0: Yeah. Just a little bit of comic background for that. Originally, I mean, Electro had a suit that was
1: yellow in the and shape green? of a.
0: Right. Yeah, it was yellow and green. And it was in the shape of a lightning bolt for his mask. Yep. So that was actually like fabric on his face. It was like a star, right? Yeah. Like a
1: star lightning right. bolt, right? Yeah.
0: And that was, you know, that comes from the 60s, like kind of goofy comic book stuff. Yeah, but campaign. in the more modern interpretations, they made that. Um, kind of like a tattoo on his face, the lightning bolt. Yeah. So that what he looked like in this is is more of like what the modern comic Electro looks like, and that was great having that homage to the to that um, that look. Like
1: you said, yeah, like definitely make it live electricity, not yeah. some like stagnant thing. Like what it, it just looked so good. I was like, yeah. man, I wish they would have done that in like the other movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also the the PS4 video game. It also, that Electro looked like um, kind of the same
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: look to it. So, yeah, definitely I I love that they got this whole trilogy to be like an origin for him and learning how to be Spider-Man instead yeah. of getting that, the Peter, you know, we got the Andrew Garfield origin story. We got the um, Toby Maguire origin story. And even mm-hmm. in Into the Spider-Verse, we got the Miles Morales origin story. But for this one, it was like, all right, we're not going to give you that specific. I think Spider-Man has the same as Batman, where pretty much every and even Superman mm-hmm. at this point in pop culture, most people know, even if you're not a big fan, you know, the the brush strokes of his origin story. Yeah. So this was a different way of doing it. Um, so you got to I think you got to give him kudos for making that interesting because nobody saw that coming of. Oh, all three movies is going to be his origin of how he becomes Spider Man.
1: And and you know, and I guess we'll, I'll just say this now. So I had the two major things that, but there's two major things that bug me about the movie. Um, Not enough to ruin it. Obviously, like I said, this is like my favorite aside from Spider Verse, right? But so that whole, the whole thing is that, you know, What's happening in the movie is, you know, Strange is having them capture these, you know, multiverse villains and putting them in their cages. And then eventually he would send them back to die because it seemed like the moment that they all last remembered was the moments before they died in the uh, previous movies. Right. Is that a fair explanation? Mm -hmm. So then Strange wants to kill them. They're not killing, but Strange wants to send them back to their time, get them out of that timeline And then Peter wants to save them after he's, you know, had discussions with them, talks to the characters and all that stuff. Um, And that's my major problem, or a thing that annoys me about the character, and that is I I think makes the rest of the movie a little frustrating to me. Because I'm like, but it's all Peter's fault. Like, if he would have just did the thing that he was told to do, like you know, you wouldn't have had to do all of this. Like his aunt doesn't die, which you know I think does add to that moment. Aunt May dying, you know, it, it there's it hits a little harder because it was his fault. Yeah. Um. So I I see why that's there, but to, for me it's annoying because I'm like I'm like, but this is him. Like he did this. Like he wanted to. You know what I mean? If he would have just listened to Strange, like he yeah. should have done the whole movie. You know, and I get you know there's there without that we don't have a movie, but. To me, it makes the character a little annoying uh in that aspect instead of like uh a redeemable character in some respects, where I'm just like, yeah. all right, well, you just you don't know what you're doing, like clearly yeah. you're just chaotic, you know, like I well I think
0: me. for me, that also comes back to that's supposed to be he's a dumb kid, like he's still in high school versus yeah. Iron Man, you know, Captain America, all these other guys who are seasoned veterans. And they've had some life experience. This is more like his time to mess up, and he's, this is what mm-hmm. he's learning from. So that's what I, I got out of that. And so I like that this is the first one that we've seen where he's actually a kid. and, and I think yeah. we talked about this on the, the ranking episode. Yeah. The other guys were in their late 20s, playing high school kids. Yeah Tom, um, Tom Holland is playing a high schooler, and he's like around the high school age. So I Mm. like that he's a kid. I still wish he would be funnier. He would talk more. Because like I told you in our ranking episode, again, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. That's Spider-Man. He's always talking. He's always uh, making jokes cracking wise. That's Mm -hmm. who his character is. On top of all the responsibility stuff and on top of, like you were saying, him wanting to fix everybody. That was another thing. I, I turned to my wife and I told her, that's Spider-Man. That's one of that's also one of the core characteristics of him is mm-hmm. he wants to help everybody and that but that comes from the not saving his uncle having that responsibility like he wants to save everybody because he messed up. So they did it kind of in reverse here, but mm-hmm. it is a core element. And there was even a an a story in the comics that I really liked where he tried to do this impossible thing where he said, "All right, that's it." No one else dies when I'm around. So he yeah. tried to save everybody. He's like, there will be no killing on my watch. And it's like mm-hmm. that you there's never you're never gonna, you know, achieve that. But Spider-Man tried to do it. And then yeah. at the end, after the storyline, he's like, All right, I guess I can't save everybody. But they tried to do it in this story as well of all these people are villains. And he even <laughs> said at the end, he's like, just so you know, I tried to save you guys. Yeah. So I like that. I like the way that they they implemented that,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think they do. Uh, and that's, that's kind of my that's kind of where my problems started and ended. Those two things, but the rest of this thing, um, I really liked. I even like the the dialogue of them all being in their like chambers. Oh yeah, in the basement. You know, yeah. like I was like, well, a lot of funny things going yeah, on there. That was uh, the comedy uh, of the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I wanted to bring that up. This movie is probably the funniest out of all of the. Yeah. At least the Tom Holland ones. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But that's Spider Man. Like having that comedy is the reason why I read the books. And so I liked all the villain stuff, making um, uh,
1: the Doctor Strange beard guard. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) He had
0: the beard dyed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Uh That is hilarious. Yeah, that uh, was great. He doesn't Um, make his own with magic. He has to like trim it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There was a ton of stuff at the beginning with Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, you know. Wearing the tracksuit, wearing the sweatpants because it's cold in there, and yeah, they had a blizzard come through. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff that remember we speculated on when the trailer came out, yeah, none of that stuff was true. Like
1: stuff where they, yeah, oh, he's, he's," yeah, like it. Oh, I did. It it was funny. um, They even changed that line. You know, Scooby do this crap. They said Scooby do this shit in it, and they changed that.
0: They changed. I don't know if you saw or how long ago you watched the trailer, but. One of the lines, remember Wong was like, don't cast that spell. And then Dr. Strange oh. like winks at him. Yeah, he doesn't do so that. That, yeah. that was a misdirect. Yeah. Um, they had a shot in the credits where they erased the lizard and they erased the other Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Spider-Men. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, they had a lot of manipulation, which I actually like that because, yeah. you know, that's the reason why I stopped watching trailers for years was because they were spoiling everything. They were telling you the yeah. whole movie in the trailer and then you go. And mm-hmm. if it's a comedy, all the best jokes were in the trailer. If it's an action movie, all the best action scenes were in the trailer. So it's like you get there and it's like, oh, I saw saw this already. That's not
1: all. And I, yeah. And then oftentimes, like you can pick apart, you know, things You're like, oh, that's the end of the movie. And they didn't show the end of the movie in this. I don't I don't recall like any ending parts, you know, in the trailer or nothing like that. Whereas, like, I think in, like, Venom, the Venom trailer, like, I think they have, like, chunks of the end of the movie (laughs) in there. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, That's unfortunate. So then you're, like, hoping for, like, credit things to, like, add to this ending to make it suspenseful. Right. Um, And then, uh, yeah. I I thought it was, um, the villains are, like, all the comedy in there is funny. As I was going to say, it reminded me of when they airbrushed out, you know, people on the internet obviously broke that down. And, uh, they were like, oh, look, at this is clearly modified in this trailer because you can mm-hmm. see Lizard get hit in the face or whatever.
0: Yeah. It reminds me it's of like... It's Ant-Man.
1: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> or it's like Metal Gear Solid. Like when back in the day they had that game, Metal Gear Solid 2, when like you think you're going to play a snake, all the stuff they did was, was Solid Snake. Yeah. The and then when you play the game, you play Solid Snake for like the first hour and then you have a total character change. And then like right. if right. you go look... But they did in the trailer was they yeah, they they took all of the write in parts and just swapped the character. <laughs> so you think all of this stuff that you experience in the game, if you watch a trailer, you're experiencing a snake, but it ended up being another character. Yeah. So yeah do that, do like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do that more trailers, right. uh, movie studios. I want the stuff to be fake. And so yeah. i I not seeing it until I
1: get to the theater. And I think it adds to, the like, the whole, like, all of the dialogue the pre-movie. You know what I mean? Like, it it misdirects, it changes things. So when you get yes. in, I did appreciate that uh, in this movie. I got there, and, like, because we watched the Screen Crush down, breakdowns. You know, we were talking about this for months. And, you know, all the theories that they're putting out there. And, like, for basically none of it to be real and, you know, for <laughs> Biden on the, uh, uh, not real yet, right? Like, not yet. Yeah. I'm not saying they were totally wrong. But, um, you know, for them to... You know, they're breaking down things that ultimately weren't there. Uh, right, It's pretty great. I think it adds to the whole experience. Yeah,
0: so that was all good. And I think the last thing we can probably touch on um about Spider-Man No Way Home is the three Spider-Men. Having Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland team Man. up, work together. All of that stuff was great. Every interaction that they had. Like I was laughing at Andrew Garfield's introduction when he came in. She yeah, didn't did believe your, he was Spider Man, so he sticks to the ceiling.
1: Yeah. And did your theater know as soon as the portal opened, or when did your theater cheer for him? Because mine didn't cheer until they took the mask off.
0: Yeah, thought- that's surprising to me. Um, because like you said, people had rumors, you know, people were mm-hmm. following this stuff for for months before this, but the second time I saw it the audience reaction wasn't as good. The yeah. first time I saw it, it was opening day at 3 p.m. It wasn't <laughs> like a midnight. It was 3 p.m. First showing that you could possibly go to. And yeah. every introduction, there was a, a almost a standing ovation, um, yeah. just shy of a standing ovation. Everybody cheered when yeah. any character came on. Daredevil, uh, any <laughs> Spider-Man, every villain, yeah. everyone applauded. Every Like the pumpkin bomb. The yeah. the first octo oh, yeah. tentacle. Everybody applauded. Everyone, mm-hmm. even Electro, like Sandman, all of yeah. them got an applause. And Andrew Garfield in particular. There was a girl sitting next to me. She must have been an Andrew Garfield like super fan because mm-hmm. as soon as the portal opened, she starts like I can hear her out of the corner of my ear. Oh 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 oh! oh. She starts hyperventilating, yeah. and I was like, I couldn't even see what was in there at first. Like I'm yeah. trying to. At first I was I saw it and my first thought was Amazing Spider Man issue fifty, when he says Spider Man no more. He's walking in the alley and he puts the uh. suit on the trash can, which we saw in the Tommy McGuire one, but she knew right away that it was Andrew Garfield. So she yeah. was hyperventilating. When he came through the portal, that's when I knew because
1: I could see his yeah, costume—the the, the McFarlane eyes or the yeah, big that, eyes. Which yes, I, yeah, which I I
0: love that amazing Spider-Man costume. That's one of yeah, my favorite. It um,
1: reminds me of that my it's funny my at work my uh it's the McFarlane Spider-Man. Oh, my wallpaper like my lock screen at work. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of too, like the big eyes on it. Yes, I'm like great. Look, yeah, I like yeah, the great way that look. looks.
0: Um. So yeah, when he came through everybody started cheering when he came through the portal and they saw his, well, there was half of them were cheers and half of them were shocked. They're like, Fuck. yeah. So, and then same okay, thing in the, in the wrestling
1: biz, we call that a pop. <laughs> we call that a pop for the character when, you know, a little bit of reaction from the crowd.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same thing when Toby Maguire came on, everybody oh. was cheering. Um, so that yeah. was a great experience. It was up there. It's, it wasn't as good as my, endgame experience with On Your Left and when everybody came through the portals, that was probably my number one best experience. Uh, And I'll put Dark Knight up there, too, for best theater experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this was up there as well. This is probably my top five theater reactions that I've had. Yeah. Um, So yeah, all the Spider-Man stuff was great. One of the things that you and I didn't talk about, because we tried to keep everything on podcast, we didn't try to talk off mic. Mm One of the things we never talked about was, I think and and let me know if, if you think this as well, this movie makes those other Spider-Mans better. It makes the Andrew Garfields better. Mm-hmm. Number one, because he gets redeemed. He gets yeah. to save Mary Jane where he failed uh, for Gwen. They get to help each other. Uh, they get to help their villains. Uh, one thing that I was kind of confused about at the end, and Screen Crush was talking about this, once they send them back, once they fixed them, where do those villains go from from there? Because in my mind, I thought they just died when they when he fixed them and he redeemed yeah. them. I thought, oh, they're disappearing, and that's yeah. just it. The yeah. Screen Crush video that they did, they were saying each villain went back to their point that they were taken from, and so whatever they were doing before that, that's what they finished. So, like specifically with Doc Ock in Spider Man Two, he's you know he drowns in the river. Yeah. After he gets redeemed there, he mm-hmm. pulls his machine down. And they said probably the same thing would have happened cuz he he got redeemed. He's like a good guy now. He's not a bad guy because of the chip. Yeah. So he probably still would have saved Peter Parker there and mm-hmm. pulled the machine into the water. Same thing with Electro, like they all went back to where they were taken from. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was what happens or does it create an alternate timeline where they come back and they're
1: good guys when they come back yeah, to their universe? human, like he's just yeah. suddenly human. Like does he snap into being a human? Or yeah, whatever? I can't. Oh, remember how he died or and anything. did you
0: notice the lizard and the Sandman? They only used clips from previous movies, and the, then
1: the yeah. I was gonna say this is what I'm gonna ask because this is why the Spider-Man thing is gonna run so long is because I have like a hundred other yeah. things I want to talk about. I, those guys did not use the actor. Like, Sandman, did they use the actor in this movie, or was yeah, this it was, Tom yeah. Fullery? I That swear. was Thomas Hayden Church. I was like, because he, cause he was voice. just saying the whole time.
0: Yeah, well, they talked about that like, on the on the Screen Crush video. Again, if yeah. you guys are not watching Screen Crush, they do some great breakdown videos, like um, prediction videos and, mm. and Easter egg videos, but the Sandman one in particular, they were wondering, they were like, in Spider Man 3, he's able to switch back and forth between human and sand. So, yeah. why in this movie is he sand the whole time? Yeah. That's probably why, because they, for whatever reason, I don't know if they didn't want to pay him or whatever. Thomas mm-hmm. Hayden Church only did voiceover. And same thing for Lizard, Reese Iphens. That actor did voiceover. Yeah. But the only clips that they used were from previous movies. Yeah. So, I mean they did it pretty seamless. Like you wouldn't notice it unless you're really looking it, for it. It
1: blended in pretty well. You could definitely tell there were two stars of the villains, right? Oh, or yeah. three kind of, but there were Well, yeah, well
0: actually, two. yeah, that's a good actually that's a good segue. Mm-hmm. I think all of the villains are better now. Like they, all of them got elevated because I yeah. didn't really like the lizard that much in in Andrew Garfield's I did I hated Electro. Yeah. Now These are like good villains, all Mm -hmm. of them. Willem Dafoe, I thought, was the MVP of the villains. Like they, Green Goblin is is supposed to be Spider Man's Joker. Like that's what his number one arch enemy. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it was the Power Rangers suit in Tobey Maguire's. Yeah. But in this one, he got to act. He got to not have the mask over his face the whole time. And his yep. face looks like a mask. Like Yeah, it looks,
1: He looks like a villain, yeah. He could and, be a joker, actually. Like, his and, smile. And, and but, again, that's where this show, not to cut you off, but that's where this this version of stuff, where you can just see the things that they do better. Like, they don't put him in there. They gave him the the purple hoodie with the green yeah, jacket. Which it just that, like, there it is, you know yeah, what I mean?
0: That look is actually... Um, an homage to Ultimate Spider-Man. That's the Ultimate Green okay. Goblin. Yeah. He wears like those
1: tattered rags, and it's like purple mm-hmm. and green, and which just, is, to yeah, like you said. To me, it did it better. He got to act. He got to do his thing in the movie, yeah. and it just it opens it up from him being behind this. Like yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, a Power Ranger or whatever, like yeah. just a, an armor. Um, and my like, wife,
0: you know, my wife, she yeah. loves crazy characters that's why Joker's yeah. her number one favorite character so yeah. i knew she was going to love because i saw it first by myself and then i saw it with her mm-hmm. i knew she was going to love the green goblin because this movie actually shows him being crazy which the first one kind of did with toby mcguire but this one yeah. took it to a whole nother level where the best scene in the whole movie my la- my wife was laughing was yeah. when spider-man's punching him and he's just smiling yeah yeah "Yeah, yeah." like that was and that made me laugh her laughing made me laugh but yeah just a great interpretation of the goblin everybody was talking about it on twitter and and amongst my friends like everybody loved his performance Mm -hmm. but that was great that was a hundred percent green goblin from the comics like they i i had no problems with the way they portrayed him
1: yeah and And I, I i love doc ock you Doc Ock was great, being, too, yeah. Being the friend, changing him, changing that a little bit, giving us more of that, you know? Yeah. Becoming and the uh, the person that, you know, everybody knows. And I think that's, like, the whole Doc Ock story. And I like that they, like, you know, they didn't waste time with him just being a villain in this. They fixed yeah. him. And he did, you know, he had great dialogue prior of being a villain, you know, all that stuff, like, in the in the in um, the chambers and, you know, when he was holding up against the bridge and stuff. All good stuff. But then I liked, you know, hey, like, we're going to have a little, you know, a little redemption here. Like, you're going to have somebody... Play the uh, the actual doctor, you know.
0: Yeah, right. So I I really liked Alfred Molina, his performance. Like he's a great actor. We both like him, mm-hmm. and his performance was great. He's not a hundred percent like the comics. If anybody's like likes Doc Ock from this, yep. the video game Doctor Octopus is great. This, the yep. PlayStation video game, and then also they did a run where Spider Man, like uh, Doctor Octopus his mind got transplanted into Spider-Man's body and he was the superior Spider-Man. So it was Spider-Man, but he was going around acting like a, a villain. It's kind of hard to, to describe, but he was a good guy, but his ways were kind of like more like Punisher. Like he was more, more of a villain than he was a Mm -hmm. hero. But that great, that run was great. Superior Spider-Man. Um, -hmm. actually there was an original run and then they, they had another one, um, a reboot kind of superior Spider-Man, but I highly recommend any superior Spider-Man comics you can get your hands on. Um, so all that villain stuff was great. I felt like they elevated the villains. They elevated the movies, the Mm -hmm. previous movies. And I actually went back and rewatched the Toby ones again, or at least the first one. Sorry.
1: I was gonna say I have to cut you off, but I think the, the continuation of that, of improving those, you know, doing them for the villains. I think all that dialogue and that middle part of the movie and then into the end Between the Spider Men, also does like it. You could tell like, and I feel it makes me even just on like a personal thing of like for Andrew Garfield, it redeems his Spider Man.
0: Yeah, Um, it gives him more
1: depth. It gives him a better, you know, I think a better view that people have of that now seeing this, right?
0: And like we talked about in our ranking episode, you didn't watch those episodes or those movies, Mm -hmm. but he was never the problem with those movies, those movies, the villains were really the problem in the storylines with those. He makes the
1: joke about the rhino, you know, they make that like, Hey, this was dumb. You know what I mean? These were bad.
0: (laughs) Also, you got to see the way he was comedic in this movie, Andrew Garfield, the way he was talking, he was the funniest of the Spider-Mans. And that's the, I think he was the best Spider-Man out of all three of them, just on an overall level of, the character himself, I I just liked his performance the best yeah. out of all of them. And it was also funny that two out of the three Spider-Mans were British, and then Toby Maguire oh. is the only
1: yeah. uh,
0: American one. But funny. all three of those, it's, I think the movie is, uh, half of it is the three Spider-Mans, and then half of it is the villains coming in. That's really the story. And then, in Doctor Strange also. Um, but if you're kind of summing it up, it's, great having all the Spider-Mans come in the multiverse great having all the villains and then having Dr. Strange be almost like the Iron Man mentor figure mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Um But it was also great. If you go back to the first Tom Holland movie, uh, homecoming having yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s presence in there as the mentor, it's nice to have Spider-Man playing off of an older actor. Yeah. Because like I said, they're, they're making him like a kid in here. Yeah. So, um, those were the No Way Home thoughts, but let's give our thoughts on the post credit sequence as well. Yeah. Because there's two. Like we said, one was just the trailer for Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, I thought that
1: was a little bit of, not a waste, but I was like, oh, okay, this is just a trailer. Like, all right, Yeah, I, I
0: thought watch. it was going to be an actual scene.
1: Yeah, but me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just being a trailer was kind of a disappointment for me. Mm-hmm. The other one is kind of a weird...
1: Yeah, run this thing. back for me, because all I, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens in this thing.
0: So they, they show a bar... Yeah. And it's in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Lasso fans would recognize the bartender is an actor from Ted Lasso. Mm. But Tom Hardy is drunk. And he's having the bartender explain to him Thanos. That's and right.
1: The purple the guy, guy and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah.
0: And he likes jewelry. He's like, mm-hmm. no, aliens, they don't like that. They like to eat brains. They like, yeah. And he's just upset about Venom. Uh-huh. Venom's talking in the background of his head. So after he gets that explained to him, he's like, all right, I'm going home. I'm drunk. And he, and he stumbles off. So he disappears. He gets snapped basically. Mm -hmm. And you cut to a little blob of the symbiote. And so that was left in the Tom Holland universe. So basically at the end of venom Two, he got, he got snapped. Basically he got snapped to the, the Tom Holland universe.
1: Yeah. In the on the beach, like pair like, yes. vacation spot. And he was yep. in
0: that like hotel. Yeah. That, I guess that's where he was still at, just at the bar of that yeah, hotel. I think that's
1: what that implies. Yeah.
0: So he got snapped there and then he gets snapped out. Yeah. Now that was confusing to me because I thought the whole reason of snapping him in was so that now you can, let's say venom three or whatever the next Spider-Man movie is, yeah. You could have Tom Holland, or I'm sorry, Tom Hardy, Venom, yeah. in the MCU in the in this in this Tom Holland universe. But if if they were just going to snap him in to leave the piece there, and then he gets snapped out, what I don't understand that like that makes no yeah. sense to me. Yeah, because now you're going to have another Venom, and it's not going to be Tom Hardy. Yeah, because it doesn't. Why would he be in that universe also and get snapped out? So that symbiote obviously is gonna find Spider-Man at some right. point. Yeah. I guess now that I'm thinking of it, I I never I didn't think too much of it because I wanted to talk to you about it.
1: And as I was saying, was, I was glad that you got the same thing out of that as I did because I was just confused by it, really. And then it's funny, the note that I have in here, I wrote, why no Tom Hardy? Is that what you got from this? And yeah. I wrote that literally, I think probably, 30 minutes after I saw the movie, when I got home, I finally sat down and like I was eating and I was writing up some notes. Yeah, for this... that was your first note. That yeah. was your... I was like, is that what that is? Like, that was the thing where like I enjoyed so much of the movie that I got to that and I was like, what? Yeah. I think the after credits on this were a little disappointing because that left me confused. And then the other one was just a trailer, which is yeah. fun. But, you know, I was like, what? But yeah, I don't, I don't understand why build that up only for that to be unless Marvel or like, you know, people in the, on the Marvel side are like, Hey, we're going to, you know, your Venom movies aren't that good, you know, and they want to do something that separates it from that. And they don't want, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent what they got going on. And it's on
0: also there. weird because I thought everything was going to be like the Sony multiverse or the Sony mm. um MCU. Right. Yeah. So in Morbius, we've already seen in the trailer for Morbius, Mm -hmm. There's a picture on the wall what looks like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he says in the trailer, I am Venom. So we know Venom exists because they also said, oh, yeah, this is like that thing that happened in San Francisco or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Venom and Morbius are going to be in the same. But I thought Tom Holland was also going to be tied in. But now it seems like he's not. So I'm just as confused as you on what they're going to do next in the Sony spider yeah. universe
1: and and i think you know we've we talked about like we're we, i think we talked about this like episodes and episodes ago where it seems like they're they're building up the you know the spider-man you know movie you know universe for sony they're trying to make all these spider-man properties and all this stuff and i think it's really going to make that a shitty experience for everybody when half the movies are bad uh, the other ones, you know, you you only certain things are tying in. You know what I mean? Like I think it's just gonna muddy those waters and make that whole thing like. And the thing that sucks about it is, um, Morbius. The trailer looks good. Like I am really excited for that movie. I like Jared Leto and all that stuff. But I think the politics behind that are gonna just, you know, potentially ruin uh, any kind of consistency. You know, like I think that's one of the strongest things about the Marvel stuff. Is you know, some people hate it for this, but. You know, you can't deny the movies are consistent. You know, in terms of like quality. So if you don't like that, then you probably don't like a lot of them. But if you do like it, you like a lot of them. And I think Sony stepping their foot in there and having, in my opinion, Venom movies that aren't that great. I like things about them, but I wouldn't call them great movies. They're mm-hmm. kind of middling to me. Um, and to have that be kind of like you know the peak of this Spider Man, and then you have the middling of of one Venom, and then like the the second Venom being pretty bad, you know, yeah. like it, the, the quality, it, it just goes up and down so much that it's yeah. like, there's to me, it feels there's no consistency to what I'm going to get from any of these Spider-Man properties.
0: Right. So hopefully Sony can get their act together, but I don't have much yeah. faith in them, but they need yeah. to have Kevin Feige come in there and, and yeah. clean it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we both enjoyed No Way Home, and we're going to be looking forward to whatever comes next. We actually have Into the Spider-Verse 2, which is called Across the Spider-Verse, next, as far as Spider... Well, I should say Morbius is next, and then Across the Spider-Verse, so we'll Mm. be uh, reporting back on those when those come out. Uh, But we also got a chance to check out the next Matrix movie, The Matrix Resurrections, which is the fourth Matrix movie. And you and I are both big Matrix fans
1: original Matrix for First, me. Yeah, Matrix 1. Yes, it Huge is fans. one of my favorite movies of all time. Did
0: period. you get a chance to rewatch 2 and 3?
1: I have not. I have not okay. watched 2 and 3 in years. It's been so long since I've seen those movies.
0: They're on HBO Max in 4K HDR, mm. so you might, if you have time, you know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff taking up our time these days, but if you have time, I actually had a chance to watch both before this fourth one, uh-huh. and... They're actually better than I remembered. I think okay. not having the hype going yeah. into those because I think mm. I watched them in the theaters and I haven't seen I hadn't seen them since. Yeah, and, and they
1: were respectable. Like in my memory, like they're not like great, but there are like you know the highway scenes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. There's there's some great
0: stuff. The stuff thing is,
1: the is, great. Yeah,
0: people's expectations were so high because the first one is groundbreaking, one of the best movies of all time. And when those two came out, and they were released six months apart, I don't know, um, you might have been in elementary school now that I think about it, but I saw them in the theaters. They were released six months apart, and the reaction online and in the theaters that I went to was a lot of disappointment on those ones. But they actually have aged pretty well, um, except for some of the CG, especially particularly the burly brawl with all those Smiths, Agent Smiths, Mm -hmm. fighting Neo.
1: For the record, I was in middle school when oh, these okay. came out. I was in gotcha. sixth grade. All Thank right. you, show some respect.
0: Uh huh. So sixth grade Jeff was enjoying the Matrix sequels, and now, cut to adult Jeff watching Matrix Resurrections.
1: Oh wait, actually, I was I was in elementary for Reloaded, and then I went to middle school for Revolution. Oh okay, so I was right. Yeah, all right. So you you're partially right. Yeah. <laughs> so now adult Jeff.
0: Yeah. What did you think about Matrix Resurrection? You want to give your Jeff W? Oh, no,
1: because it's not going to be <laughs> like, here, here's the here's the rundown. We don't need a minute, baby. We just need three <laughs> seconds. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what happened? What is going on in this movie? Um, but I'll give my initial thoughts and we're going to go just off our notes here, because I, I thought you made some pretty good notes for this. Yeah, uh, we're going to skip right to the thing that bugs me um, about this movie. And we're going to talk about The Force Awakens and Ghostbusters. There's other movies, too. I was thinking of like four or five other things that have done this recently where they piggyback Halo, the game Halo, where they are piggybacking and like trying to do the same thing is the first one. Like in Halo, you're running through the ship to get out and then you escape and then now you move on. And I think they tried to recreate that. Because a lot of those levels are very basic, a lot of grunts, they do a lot of the things, but it just doesn't work for me. It actually makes me annoyed. And this movie does a lot of it a lot of the callbacks, the retelling of some stuff. And then, I, man, the, when they were showing footage from the old movies in here, it, it was just to me, I'm just like, I'm like, it's fine, but it just, I don't, it, it doesn't resonate with me. And I think Mm. the way they intended. Do you know what I mean?
0: yeah well, the problem for me on those ones was they filmed those on film, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of grain in
1: mm-hmm. film.
0: They filmed this one digitally, and it kind of jarring when it cuts to those movies, two and three and even the first one um just because they're just filmed differently, and it's twenty years later, yeah so that was what threw me off um now it did get me for the nostalgia of those ones because. It brought me back to the original movie and, okay, I understand where they're trying to, like, put you emotionally. I -hmm. think they might have done it one too many times. And, like I said, if it, maybe if they had filmed this on film and there was film grain throughout, or even, you can do film grain digitally. It's just like a, you know, filter that you can put on it. That would have made it look a little more seamless rather than kind of taking you out. But I thought it was kind of cool when yeah. they were doing the, when they were showing Neo, the previous, you know, Morpheus scene, mm-hmm. and they had it on the wall, like projected on the wall as he's walking through, and he's like, "Oh, this was real. This actually happened." Yeah. And but
1: I, and I, I, I liked what they did with Morpheus here and making him that like not human, that whatever that whatever they called it in the movie where he was like uh, a digital thing or whatever the hell that yeah was. he's
0: basically a program that can take a yeah. physical form in the outside world
1: yeah there, there, but, there, there are things they did good sorry i didn't want to interrupt you but you're yeah
0: solid. actually that goes into what we talked about remember when we talked about the trailer
1: mm-hmm.
0: morpheus we didn't know if he was playing a younger morpheus was yeah. it like a like a flashback what was it turns out i think it was not what any of us thought it was going to be Nope. He's just a program of Morpheus and the only mention we get of Lawrence Fishburne or the original Morpheus was a statue and Mm -hmm. oh yeah, he was a like, he was, it was a nice time for Morpheus, but at the end people, you know, didn't really believe in him or didn't whatever. Yeah. They never said what happened to him. Yeah. So I I thought that was kind of weird because (laughs) there is a matrix video game where he dies and that was considered canon. Mm-hmm. so I was like oh okay they're gonna reference that video game they're gonna say how he got murdered or how he got assassinated yeah but I almost feel like they're just saying oh he just died of old age mm-hmm. like there he was he his old beliefs and his ways died with him that was more yeah.
1: yeah or something and then um just to make another point and just to, I'm trying to think of the things when I just rolled my eyes because I just roll my eyes when I see this like Ghostbusters like when we ran through those same parts I just roll my eyes yeah and it's and we're gonna this is gonna get into the cringe part of that, but like I'm watching you know the part where you know they're bringing Neo back, and they're basically recreating the scene from the first movie where they're introducing Neo to the crew on the ship mm-hmm. and I'm just like, like, why do I have to go through this like you know what I mean like why are well, you rehashing this like yeah, i that's to me my was, overall not the same effect from yeah, me.
0: that's my overall question for this movie. And when we talk about Book of Boba Fett next, there's a lot of similarities between these two. Mm -hmm. Why does it exist? That's my number one question. When they first announced it was going to be a new Matrix, my first question in my mind, why? Why -hmm. does it exist? Why is there a need to tell this story? And after watching Matrix Resurrections, I don't know if I can give you a good answer besides to make more money. Yeah. Because the way that two and three end, they put a pretty good bow on it. The mm-hmm. ending of it and you could almost tell like they were trying to burn the bridges. They were trying to be like, nah, there ain't gonna be no more sequels. Because actually the Wachowskis said for a long time after this, Warner Brothers kept on asking him to make more and they're like, no, we're done. Yeah. At the end of the third one, they burn out his eyes. Neo's eyes are gone. Yeah. Trinity yeah. dies. And then he Sets everybody free in the Matrix. That was a pretty good ending. This one, a lot of the questions as you're watching the first half of the movie, and this is really a movie of two halves. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the first half, you're just asking yourself questions. What happened to Morpheus? Why is Neo back in the Matrix? Why is Trinity alive? Yeah. In the real world, are his eyes gone? What's happening with all this stuff? Yeah. And the answers just end up being. Oh yeah, they just fixed him with whatever Yeah, 20th century, you know, whatever the year is. It's 60 years past the last Matrix. They just fixed him. They just fixed all of his body parts. Every And Trinity was dead, but she's alive again. They don't explain any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't quite understand the reasoning. And they actually, both the directors of the original, the Wachowskis, did not come back for this. Only one of them came back. Lana yeah. Wachowski, mm-hmm. and what I from what I heard, the other Wachowski said, "I don't want to, you know, ruin my legacy. I don't want to step on the Matrix that we already did, and we've already told that story." Yeah. I don't know what Lana was thinking. And then another thing that I heard—these are not like confirmed things—but I, co- co- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard that COVID set them yeah. back, and Lana was like, "Didn't even want to finish it." like they got pushed back and got delayed and all this stuff and and mm-hmm. at the at the end Lana was like yeah just just dump it out I don't even want to do it. I don't I can't confirm that. But watching the movie that kind of makes sense. It kind of lines up a little bit mm-hmm. from what we got, but I just never got a good satisfactory answer for
1: why. And then my thing too is you're asking I'm sitting there thinking the exact same things you're thinking, but my problem is is I'm doing that between cringing so hard at the first half of this movie. Like I, it's hard to watch and I'm not kidding. And it, it, to me, like, you know, when they're doing the, um, what do you call it? When they're all in that boardroom and they're like trying to make this game, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's like a video game
0: pitch meeting.
1: and, And it is, you know what it reminds, you know what it feels like? So like, I love the office and we've talked about that a lot before, like not on the podcast, but just in general. And, but there are episodes of that show that are so cringy to me that I can't watch them. Like they're hard for me to watch because I'm just like, it's not a funny reaction. It's a uh, reaction. Like I'm kind of like, I it's, it just, it's so awkward. And this feels like that where like I was watching it and I, and I think but being, you both had to watch this in like several sessions of trying to get through this yes. movie. Right. Um, I was struggling to get through it because to me, man, the acting, especially from the developers of the game and stuff. And I'm just like, and I think it's (laughs) supposed to be like that in a sense, but man, it's just hard to watch. It's like, I get there's a point, but when, when I'm lost in that, you know, like, I don't want to see what the point of this is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you lose me in, in making this point of of having this be cringy, having this be like, you know, um, uh what what do you call that like um, uh, like when you try to make something more like mainstream like they're trying to make that thing like, whatever that type of meeting is called I can't remember when they're trying to like you know uh focus group this thing mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you know like it, it, man it was really hard to like it's really hard to watch in some parts this movie is for me and I that's that's maybe the most disappointing part to me
0: yeah that part for me it wasn't as much um cringey i just felt like it's all supposed to be a parody of what actually happened. Cause there's dialogue in there about yeah, why do a matrix sequel and it makes Warner brothers money. All of that stuff. I just thought was kind of funny, but I didn't get the overall point in the matrix universe. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was funny. The, the like breaking the fourth wall almost saying, Oh, here's a matrix action figure. Here's, the Matrix game is on Steam, you know, like the Unreal yeah. Engine and, and all these things from real life. All those things were funny to me, but I just didn't get the point of. And then I, I was thinking as I was watching it, oh, there will be a point later. And then it's mm-hmm. like, nope, that was all just kind of. And we also talked about it in the trailer. I thought it was going to be interesting to see where the Matrix was relating to today's internet connected devices yeah and we got that one scene in the in the elevator where he looks up at the mirror and you see everybody's on their phone and oh, i thought yeah. that was going to be a bigger part of it because yeah. that was in the trailer mm-hmm. and then that was no part of it there was nothing yeah. about that you know that was being said
1: it was a shot and that was it yeah <laughs> they were done that was the whole and point the, of the entire thing just a shot you
0: know it's 20 years later and the only thing that's evolved in the matrix it seems like is they don't need phone booths anymore they don't need phones to get out of the matrix they can just jump anywhere which that didn't make very much sense it's like they just jumped out a window and then they're back on the ship yeah
1: they're in a mirror you know yeah they didn't
0: quite explain that like okay i understand getting in okay you can just you know put them in there but how do they get out that was the part that was confusing to me. So they didn't explain any of that. There was a lot of stuff that they did not explain. I thought they were going to keep, you know, keep on saying that that pitch meeting you were talking about with all the video game guys. Yeah. And there was a, but there was a bunch of buzzwords and like guys. Oh, I, I don't like my action to have intelligence in it. I like my action to be mindless. A lot of that stuff, like I said, I think for you was, on the cringe side for me, it was more just a parody and trying to break the fourth wall. Mm. There was one shot of Christina Ricci. And I want to bring this up, which is I weird. don't know she's why thinking. she was in there. Yeah. She was in black Saint moan. She was Wednesday in the Adams family. She's yeah. not like a huge actor, but she's to the point where I recognized her. She has one line and then you never see her again. So yeah. I was like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Of bringing her in there. Yeah. Um, so I I didn't understand a lot of that first half where he's stuck in the Matrix, and I kept saying to myself, okay, there's got to be a reason why he's back. Mm-hmm. Nope, there's no reason. Like, yep. they put him back in the Matrix, and the machines want him so they can keep on, like this new Matrix, the the updated Matrix. They need him and Trinity to be close to each other so they can keep fueling the Matrix somehow. Yeah. So that all that stuff was not interesting to me. I did not like that. Um The second half of the movie where he takes the red pill, he gets yeah. out of the matrix. Like he's going back.
1: Again we gotta come up I cringed. <laughs> or, I'm like, Here we go. We
0: gotta Are come it? up with a name for this. Yeah. I think from now on, let's just call it the Force Awakens effect, where Basically, what that is, and we saw this in Ghostbusters Afterlife, trying to have member berries, trying to have nostalgia for the original groundbreaking property, whether it's Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Matrix, and we're even going to talk about this a little bit in Book of Boba Fett, Yeah, trying to have the people who grew up on that thing have all this great feeling of, oh yeah, that's how I was when I was a kid, that's how it was when I originally loved that thing. And but to then,
1: directly do it, right? Yeah. Through the steps of another character or the same oh, yeah. character. Right. That and is that's the what important you... part to me, is that it's directly ripped, almost shot by shot, yeah. point by point, like, things where you're like, that is the old movie. Like I said, when he's getting introduced to the the crew, that is almost the exact same thing. The same color on the screen, the same characters being in, like, a half circle. Neo, You know what I mean? Like, it is yeah. almost identical. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you mentioned it with Halo Infinite. Same thing. It's like, yeah. I guess I can, from a business standpoint, I can understand, okay, they're trying to... Have the same success that that was with the original groundbreaking property, whatever it was, trying to have that same success in a new form and like reset everything back to square one so you can yeah. do it all over again and keep making money all over again. But then when you think about it from a creativity side, from a fan standpoint, mm-hmm. it leaves you a little cold after a while when you think this feels like a cash grab to me, it doesn't feel like they're trying to make something new now with Mm. halo. It's a little bit different because with video games, a lot of it is 30 seconds of fun repeated over and over and over again throughout the whole game. And halo infinite is a fun video game. The storyline I think is where we would have, Mm-hmm. The criticisms of this is the same thing as before. Nothing new is being done here. Yeah. So it's not, you know, creatively not great.
1: Yeah. And then at least in the redemptive part of, of Halo is the core to a video game to me is gameplay. So like, even if you think like with this movie, you know, there's nothing else about the matrix that I'm doing. I'm not interacting with this medium in a different way. You know what I mean? Like with a video game, you get a little, you you get a little more leeway with that because it's like, Hey, you know what? It, they ran the same things and Hey, on this, uh, maybe they multiplayer maps, they recreate something, but like there's, I'm, I'm interacting with it in other ways other than like the story, like you said. So there's, there's leeway there in movies. And I guess we should just call it member berries. I mean, that's the yeah. only way that's like a quick, easy way to say like, yeah, there's member berries in this movie. That's all this is filled with yes. is just them. Recreate, and, that, and that's a point that I'm going to make when we talk about Boba in a minute. But it it really bugs me when you do exact, almost like you know, like you're just trying to do the same thing. Yeah, like you're literally having Leo take the red pill in a room with Morpheus. You're having him reintroduce. You're doing yeah. the, almost the exact same things with slightly different characters in the room and just recreating the movie. And in those Force Awakens does all that. All those new Star Wars movies does that where it tries to just recreate things almost like shot by shot in some ways, you know?
0: Right. And I just don't like, you know, I don't like feeling like they're trying to get more money out of me and trying to pull that nostalgia out of me. And that's what I didn't like about Ghostbusters Afterlife, where it felt like, oh... It's Gozer again. It's the same villain again. It's mm-hmm. There's the old guys. And this is another thing. All these Force Awakens effect is bringing back the original guys. Because in Force Awakens, it was Han yeah. Solo's, It was Princess Leia. It was Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And Ghostbusters. It was all the original Ghostbusters. Now in this Matrix, it's Keanu Reeves and Trinity. Bringing back the original people who are much older now not the same as they were in the original thing. And it's not the same. You, you're you not, you know, everyone is in a different place in their lives from a viewer standpoint and from the actor standpoint. So just remember it as it was. Remember the Ghostbusters as a good movie from the eighties. Yeah, And that's it. it. We don't need the Ghostbusters children coming along and the grandkids and mm-hmm. all the new people. And same thing with force awakens. It was like, All right. Well, Rey is a Skywalker. Why does Rey have to be a Skywalker? Why can't she just be who she is? Why do we have to go back to Tatooine? And we'll talk about that in Book of Boba Fett. Why do we have to continue the Skywalker? And you and you and I have had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. There are other families in the galaxy. The Skywalkers are not the only family that exist.
1: And and I think you know the the maybe the most the grossest thing about it to me is like like you said is that it feels like it's it's a cash grab or like. Like I feel like a studio hires somebody, hey, write this thing for us. And then you have like somebody where I you know, I appreciate when somebody brings something new to something that's existing, right? Like let's say, you know, we talk about Scott Snyder having the Court of Owls. You know, what a great yeah. thing. I think universe I know some people don't like it, but you know, I thought what a great thing to bring to the Batman universe. You know what I mean? Bring like the Illuminati type of thing. Yes. Now imagine if DC was like, Hey man, we think this is cool, but could you just make that Banes thing? It's like, no, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're like molesting the idea. Like you're taking away from somebody's original thoughts and their original like creativity. Like even if it sucks, that's fine. But like, you know, let them do things like this to me feels like you're like force feeding us, you know, you're, you're doing that. and And it's a shame too, especially when it's, I think it, it sucks the most and especially in this because like, you know, I've, I think a lot of people, you know, would be aggrieved like we fucking love Keanu Reeves, you oh, know. Oh yeah. Love all these characters and then for you to for them to, to do that to the to just make it suck I think it sucks because I don't want to be like, hey, I'd hated that movie. I like Keanu in it, but I just there's things that were hard to deal with, you know? Right. So
0: I wish they would kind of I wish they would have had a reason To tell this story, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: this movie was a $200 million movie. I did not feel like there was anything on screen that looked like it was a $200 million movie. No. A lot of the visual effects, you know, they're updated versus 1999 when the original came out, or like we talked about the Burly Brawl with the the sequel, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like groundbreaking. There's nothing that bullet time. And they and remember they, that in the video cool. game pitch
1: meeting. Oh, bullet time. Bullet yeah. time. Bullet, bullet time. time, baby. Yeah.
0: And that was another thing. Did you, from that meeting, did you understand um, that to be, that was happening over and over again? Because they were saying the same things, but they were in different yeah. clothes. It looked like they were different days. One of the things was oh, bullet time. Right. Bullet time. You're, bullet time. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't Meaning understand what that was supposed
1: to be. I, I have not, but I, that's a good point now that you bring it up. I don't think I thought that in the time. I think because I was just so annoyed with other stuff yeah. that was happening. But that's a good point. And he did that with every buzzword yeah. that they were saying. Like, that
0: guy, I like my action to be... And he had an Irish accent, so I don't yeah. know why I'm doing this yeah. one. But he's <laughs> like, I like my action to be mindless. And I didn't like the first one. That, you know, you, everyone I, everyone here liked it, but I have a different opinion. And so that's like supposed to be the online, you know, discourse. But it just... It's But but it boggles my mind that this movie costs so much, but it looks so little. And another thing was the scope of it, it feels so little compared to the first Matrix, the sequels. It felt like this huge world. This one, it feels so small. And the story doesn't justify that. Because you could do that. You could do a smaller story. But... Having a two hundred million dollar budget, bringing back Keanu and Trinity, yeah. uh, Carrie Ann Moss, and not you know having this interesting take on it, because yeah, you know, what was the you know what's the fresh angle? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Even though you got out of the Matrix in the first one, this one is oh we rebooted it. We yeah. like literally just like the movie, we rebooted it like. I don't understand yeah. the purpose of doing that. And so, I, I think it's
1: funny, um, just real quick to tag on that, where you, you mentioned that was my problem with the original sequels too, where I felt like I finished the first movie, I'm like, oh man, there's all this place to go, there's this stuff, and then the next yeah. one's kind of limited it, you know, kind of brought it down um, to not being like this as grandiose as I thought it was, you know. And I think that's a great yeah. point for this one too, yeah.
0: And I was also thinking, uh, like I said, I think the sequels are better in retrospect now versus when they came, when they first came out, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Um, but I was also thinking, what if this was the only sequel to the original, let's say if two and three didn't exist and it was just, you know, you can forget the Zion stuff and forget Jada Pinkett's character in this. It was
1: hard to look at in this movie. (laughs) She was weird. Yeah. That I, I, Couldn't look at her. It was weird. I was like, this looks strange.
0: And also, this is just my personal thing. I can't get over her personal life now when I see her in a movie. All I heard when I saw her face, all I heard was an entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. (laughs) I just kept hearing about her personal life. Anyways, that's my personal thing. That's not the movie's fault. But I feel like, um, and now that threw me off, it just... It feels like if they had just done this instead of the two and three, it would have been an interesting thing mm-hmm. where Keanu thought he got out in the original. Yeah. Or he thought like he was Superman or whatever. And then you cut to sixty years later, he's he's still doing the same thing.
1: Why and... not make that a new guy?
0: You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, that's another
1: like, thing. It's like, dude, make that a new guy. Like, why does yeah. Neo Neo broke out and he captured him and held him down? Like, come on, man. Like Yeah. I mean, also, Here's me. here's another
0: thing. Yeah. Having Keanu Reeves back in this,
1: mm-hmm. same
0: thing with Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Same thing we're gonna talk about in Book of Boba Fett later. Yeah. Him being fifty seven years old in real life. <laughs> yeah. He cannot do the action scenes that he used to do no. in the original ones. Like when I was rewatching the, the sequels, I was like, dang, Keanu was actually I think mm-hmm. you gotta give him credit for a lot of the, the Hong Kong like action sequences that he was doing because he's not a trained like martial artist but he was holding his own i think actually Lawrence fishburne too in that original movie was doing a lot of great hong kong stuff this one he's got a couple fight scenes but he's moving a lot slower and the majority of the time he's just doing the telekinetic stopping bullets and force pushing that's this, the main yeah.
1: done, this arm thrust. That forward, yeah. arm push the command, had to be 50 yeah. times.
0: Had did, to be 45 yeah. times. Through the wall, so,
1: through the toilet, through the thing. Yeah, every yeah.
0: time. Yeah. And then so actually, did you get to the end? Because you were saying you had to watch it in a couple pieces. Did you actually get to the end?
1: Yeah, where Trinity was like controlling everything. Yeah, So
0: she yeah. could fly, but he couldn't fly?
1: Yeah, Why was,
0: was he able to stop the bullets, but he couldn't fly anymore? He can't remember how to fly. I didn't understand that. Uh, yeah. I...
1: Unless this it's thing... like
0: the directors are like, well, we should have had more female empowerment in the first one. Even though Trinity was like really strong. She was yeah. the one. Now she's the one who can fly.
1: Yeah. I'm like,
0: the only like... thing I got out of the whole thing yeah. was that it's supposed to be this, you know, love story with Trinity and, and Neo and their love is timeless or whatever. Yeah. I still don't understand how their bodies have been repaired. Mm -hmm. They showed the machines fixing his eyes, but that was it. There's no specific, oh, yeah, we have medicine now that can fix your body, but nobody else's body.
1: Can I say something, too, about the Keanu thing? What a shame, too, because you can do Keanu action. John Wick has proved that over the years you can, he can still do things, you know, I mean, obviously you can't do the jumps and all and all, you know, yeah. know like it's physical, but like, you can still make him look good in a movie. You know what I mean? Like it's right. possible. Like you can do things, you can change things. And I know a lot of that action is with guns and stuff, but like to, yeah, I, they, I just feel like they didn't use him the right well, way. Well, a little
0: yeah. bit of backstory. They were actually filming John wick at the same time, yeah. but that just got pushed back. So we, yeah. we won't be seeing that one for a little bit, but the next John wick movie, and that's why he's got the long hair and the beard. It's because he was filming John Wick, also.
1: Yeah, and you know, thankfully, you know Keanu is great in other things, and it's a shame this came out, but he's still great. But um, I will say the only other thing there wasn't really many instances where I sat back in this and was like, "Oh, this looks cool." And even the one that I thought, you know, when they were doing um, what's the uh, what's the dude's name? Um, uh, How I Met Your Mother. What's it's the actor?
0: Oh, Neil Patrick Harris.
1: Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you with him I'm like there was you know his whole like being faster than time thing mm-hmm. and the effects they had like you know when he's she's about he's about to shoot Trinity and he's in there like doing the you know dialogue with neo and he's you know and they have him at like a lower frame rate than what's going on so they do that like spider-verse effect where yeah you know you could tell he's like choppier on the screen but they're supposed to make it seem like he's moving faster through space I was like okay You know, this stuff is cool, and then then it it felt a little forced, like, where they're in, like, that body shop thing, and there's, like, sparks going off from welding, and those are slow motion in the background, but, you know, Patrick Harris is moving through faster, so they do things, and they tried, but that was, like, the only time where I sat back and was like, all right, this looks kind of cool, but even then, you know, I was just, it just kind of felt like a, it was like a wet fart of a movie, you know, I just, (laughs) whatever.
0: I, there were, there are pieces of it that I liked, but overall, I just don't, I think they should have left it alone. Even when they did the sequels, I was like, the first movie is perfect. When he just flies off at the end, I didn't need to know any more story beyond that. I love that first movie overall and the ending I thought was great. But as I watched, like I said, as I rewatched the sequels, I liked the way that they kind of tied up everything. But even bringing back the little girl who is, I think that's the Jonas. uh, Oh, yeah. From Um, the sequels, yeah. Yeah. Bringing her back. It was like, a lot of it's just member berries. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, Remember that little girl? So I don't think it quite lives up to the Matrix legacy. And I don't think there was a a compelling reason to bring all these guys back after 20 years. This could have been done you know, I don't know, five years after the, the last one. And, and they would have been a little bit younger, would have been more action maybe. Um, but the the one of the biggest things for me, before we end it, I don't think there was any suspense the entire time. No. He never thought, oh, they're in trouble. Like something yeah. bad's going to happen. He yeah. just felt like they were going through the motions. It was just going from point to point. We know this is going to end and they're going to...
1: Fly around. and Neo and Trinity are in this room, especially being held. But we got in there pretty quick, and we just freed her up anyway. Yeah. Let's make them do this thing. (laughs) There was
0: no suspense throughout. So, yeah, I I agree with you. It was a disappointment overall. Um, I didn't think it was, like, the worst thing I saw this year. But the expectations were so high. It was a letdown.
1: This should be, like you said, The Matrix. Remember that? Like it should be Matrix colon remember that question mark should be the title of this movie. Yeah.
0: So now let's finish up our supersized episode here with chapter one of the book of Boba Fett. Another thing that we had been anticipating. Yeah. Another thing that has I long been
1: hyped about, especially I think within yes. you. And I think before we get into it, I think just from the way we've talked about it, I enjoyed this more than you but go ahead
0: yeah i think you're correct um but a lot of my questions about book of boba fett as i was watching it was the same as i had for the matrix resurrections Uh why does this exist when we have mandalorian already we need the book of boba fett and that was even from day one when they announced it yeah i was like oh great they've got a reason john favreau and Dave Filoni have a reason for bringing Boba Fett back, right? Yeah. And it's hard to judge because we haven't seen the whole season yet, so we don't know the full story. But just by... I'll just talk about Chapter 1 as if it is only Chapter 1. I'm not talking about the full Mm -hmm. Boba Fett story. These are your
1: initial worries, let's say. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah.
0: And I was... I'm still, I'm not going to, like with Matrix, I can tell you why does it exist? To make more money. Yeah. That was the reason. There was no story reason yeah. that I I think was an interesting reason to bring back Neo and Trinity. For Boba Fett, I can't answer that yet. So I'm still going to have it in the back of my mind. Why does this exist? Yeah. But just judging it off of chapter one, I think they did a pretty good job and I think Favreau wrote this episode uh-huh. and Robert Rodriguez directed it. I think he's directing all of them, if I'm not mistaken, because he actually directed the episode where Boba Fett appeared yeah. in Mando.
1: In Mando, yeah.
0: So I'm just going to judge it off of that. and I And I think they did a good job doing the framing device, which was there mm-hmm. was flashbacks and there was present day. And so every time he kind of went into the back to tank, which is where you heal in star Wars. Yeah. He had nightmares or dreams of
1: ball as well as well. Oh yeah.
0: The hyperbaric time chamber. (laughs) It's in there too. Um, Every time he went in there to heal, he had memories of escaping the Sarlacc. Mm -hmm. Now that was one question that we all had when we saw him in Mando, how did he get out of the Sarlacc? Yeah. And I'll, I'll ask you, but for me, I kind of was underwhelmed by, oh, he turned the flamethrower on and then he just dug his way out. That was the yeah. way that, because the Sarlacc is supposed to be this inescapable thing, and it's, because Boba Fett gets yeah. out, that makes him immediately like this great you know, guy. Yeah. So when they just showed him, like I said, he turned on his flamethrower and mm-hmm. then he just dug his way out. I was a little underwhelmed by that point specific. How did he get out? So, what did you think about how did he get out of the star? Like, were you thinking he was going to do something bigger? You know, i
1: I thought when I, I, you know, to me, I wasn't. I didn't really have an expectation on that. I think I just kind of wanted it to be. Oh, hey, here's the here's him doing it and, and getting it out of the way. So I, you know, I think like you said, there could have been a little more there but at the same time I also don't want them spending half an hour on that either. You know what I mean? Like I don't want I kind of wanted it to be quick in a mm-hmm. way. Um and it's funny actually like I you know and then even the sequence following that, you know, we we have there there's that TikTok out there uh of um what's his name? Uh he's on uh, the comedian uh Pat Oswalt. He's oh, like, yeah, reading off right you know, the sequence of events, and they do that, basically. Um, So, you know, I I thought it should be, you know, maybe maybe there could have been something cooler, like if he had another tool or if he blew something up or if he did something, you know, unique to get out of it. Um, But it didn't bother me that much in the grand scheme of this first episode, mainly because I just, I don't really, I don't really care too much Mm -hmm. about how he got out of it. You know, to me... It's more about the stuff that's gonna come afterwards. Um yeah. is what I'm more concerned about. So, um, yeah, I would say it's maybe a little lacking on that. Although I thought like some of the shots were cool, him being in there with like the stormtrooper gear and stuff. Yeah. You know, I was like, Oh, this looks kinda cool. This is like an interesting, you know, take on this. And I think it um you know, it, it sucks that there wasn't something more grandiose, but I think also like, you know, you would expect a Boba Fett character, you know, a uh you know, an assassin that's, you know highly renowned would be able to get out of a situation like that. Um, So, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit boring that it was just the flamethrower and kind of that was it. Like, they didn't really elaborate. Um, But I didn't think it was, like, you know, I wasn't, like, disappointed with that part, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I think there's two things that I was wondering when Mm -hmm. we got the announcement. Number one, how did he get out? How did he get his armor back? And what is going to be the crime syndicate storyline because yeah him taking over for Jabba okay he's going to be the head of this crime you know family okay now what like what what is the reason for that being a good story or you know a good plot point to say we're going to make a whole series out of Boba Fett doing this Mm -hmm. and this first episode didn't really answer that for me it's a lot of it is, okay, how did he get out? What did he do You know, to get to this point? And then in, that was in the flashbacks. In the present day, he's setting up that he wants to rule out of respect instead of out of fear. He's doing things differently than the way Jabba did them, But immediately, he's getting, you see that his new way of doing things, there's going to be a problem because people don't, respect you if they can beat you, right? If they can come up... Escaping,
1: attacked,
0: yeah. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of like, okay, number one, it shows maybe that Jabot had the right idea by ruling out of fear, because people probably weren't going to attack him, and he wasn't coming out of his his throne room that often. Yeah. But then having those Gamorian guards, those piggies, those guys basically saved him because if without them, he probably would have been taken out. Yeah. And that action scene showed yeah. the same thing I said about Keanu. Oh, having, the yeah. Yes. Having Tamora yeah. Morrison, who is 61 years old yeah. playing Boba Fett. Now this is an actor that played Django Fett in the, the prequels. Yeah. And then
1: yeah. they
0: got him to do Boba Fett's voice. And Jango Fett's voice, you know, throughout the different animated series and everything that they've had since the prequels where they had to have an adult Boba Fett. They've yeah. had this actor's voice and he's done fine for doing all those things. But now it comes to the point where Boba Fett is this iconic character. We've known about him since the 80s. Right.
1: We've been, and it's now have been wanting this, you know, besides just a comic. And I, And I guess that's what I would say in your uh, just real quick, like in reply to why does this exist? This doesn't hit the same thing of Matrix for me where they're just recreating. Like at least mm-hmm. this is not something that's been in a major Star Wars television show or movie. Yeah, you've
0: you, seen it before. you
1: know what I mean? like at least this is yeah. like you kind of assume this is what happened because it's kind of the only explanation, right? Yeah, at least you're this is like, hey, this isn't, you know, you're not. They're not recreating another Boba Fett from twenty years ago climbing out of the sand. You know, what yeah. I mean? like, at least this is new in that respect. Right.
0: Yeah. The only the only problem with that is we already had two seasons of Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. that kind of filled that gap of, oh, what would somebody in a Mandalorian armor look like if he was just taking people out? You know, he was just being cool, and yeah. we cared about that character. So we're already to the point now where we all love Mando. Yeah. So now Boba Fett kind of has to prove himself because everything was off of that armor. There wasn't anything really in the the
1: original Star Wars movies
0: that he did because I think he had four lines in the original two.
1: And he doesn't, does he use any of the knee? He doesn't use his like knee pins or nothing else. No, none of those.
0: Yeah. Everything like that was either a video game or a comic book. Yeah. Something where it was not, you know, in a novelization, whatever. Yeah. Uh But. We didn't see him live action use any of those things, so we've got forty years of bent of uh, pent up you know people getting tattoos, you know yeah. like mm-hmm. identifying with the and that I think that was originally why the Mandalorian was also very popular because people saw him in the Mandalorian armor, and the same feeling that they got out of Boba Fett they were getting that out of Mando, so at this point now I think. It, They really have to, by the end of this, I don't know if they're going to do another season of this, but by the end of this season, for me, in order for this to be a success, they have to give me a good reason why this, you know, why we needed a show instead of just that episode of Mando where he came out, because I was satisfied with that, where he came out. same. And, you know, even in that, though, he was showing his age on those fight scenes. Yeah. And no is, disrespect, you know, to tomorrow Morrison, he's a good actor, but he's sixty-one years old. He's yeah. not gonna be throwing down with the young guys. Yeah. And even when I was watching Mando, I was watching some clips of Mandalorian and just him walking, I was like, dang, man, there's like night and day just yeah. from Pedro Pascal or or whoever the stunt double is for Mando. Yeah. And just seeing him walk and seeing a younger man and I guess when he's under the helmet, you could just get a stunt double. Because that's what they did, even with Fennec Shan, when, mm. when, they had, when, they, when Boba sent her after the assassins. yeah, She's over here doing parkour, jumping up the walls. Like, that's not Ming-Na Wen. She's yeah, like 50. Yeah. So right. they could do stuff like that with stunt doubles and, and having him under the armor. But I was going to ask you this. What did you think about how often he had the helmet off his head? Because Boba Fett's yeah. whole identity... It's kinda of like Spider Man. Like the whole identity, when you think of Boba Fett in your mind, mm-hmm. you're not thinking of him unmasked. You're thinking of him in the armor. So what did you exactly. think about him in this episode? Which
1: which I did not. Yeah. I was not a huge fan yeah, of that. Didn't like I was supposed to be doing it in public. Like, yeah. yeah. you know, I'm like, hey man, like what are you doing? Like the whole point of view is supposed to be a little bit mysterious. So I think yeah. they're missing that too. Um and I think you made great points there in that You know, we kind of hit the Boba Fett hype with Mando. And I remember when Mando came out, I told you, like, this is a no-brainer to me. Like, if you take Boba Fett and make that the Mando show, I think you get a more positive reaction. Because there's things about the Mando thing where, number one, he's in the helmet all the time, right? Obviously, the story is great. They're introducing new characters into that. And then, you know, I don't want to see him on this throne for the whole time. I like that's a part of the thing about Mandalorian that I think makes it, you know, top tier star Wars and why I'm so high on it is because like he's in, they're taking him through different sections. You know, he's not just on Tatooine. you know, he's, you know, he's doing different things. He's on different planets. They're going different places, different characters. And I think that's what worries me here. And, and yeah, I think you need to get him in the armor more. You need to be using some stuff. There needs to be some more action here. Um but, I think overall, for the episode, like it kind of you know what this feels like to me is it feels like the first season of a show where you have to establish a lot. yes, to me, I feel like this episode's pretty slow, and you have to establish a lot of stuff, right uh, and I'm hoping you know the coming episodes I left a little higher on this, I think than everybody, some of you. Like we were seeing some people saying like, this looks like a fan film and stuff. I'm like, I thought the production quality on this is super high. Like this dude yeah. looks like Mando. Like if, if you don't like Mando, I get it. Then you won't like this, but if yes. you like Mando and you think this doesn't like, this is on par with that in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know?
0: And I think you and I are the same. We have because of Mando, because of the first two seasons and because of Clone Wars, we have a level of trust in Dave Filoni and yeah. in John Favreau that, they must have seen something in Boba Fett and said, all right, this will be a great show on its own. And if they're involved, whether they're writing, whether they're directing, you know, I'm on board for whatever they're going to do. So obviously I'm going to continue watching, but this first episode did not answer the question for me of why Mm -hmm. does this need to exist when we already have Mandalorian? Yeah. And This actually could have even been an animated series now that I'm thinking about it. They could have got these actors to do the voices and just done it as an animated series. But that was the thing about, um, you know, when you're going from Clone Wars to Rebels and then Bad Batch, Bad Batch was kind of also the same thing where it was going back to that Clone Wars time period after they had already jumped ahead with Rebels. Then they went back to that clone period again. And it was like, why are we going back to this? And that was the same thing I was going to tell you earlier. Why does he go back to Tatooine? Why yeah. did, like, that's where he got stuck in the Sarlacc, and that's where he takes over for Jabba. Mm-hmm. But in this whole galaxy, why are we going back to the same planet that we've seen for the last 40 years? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just hoping the next couple episodes in this season, there's, they give us a better reason of... Hey, this is this is a good show because of this. This is why you want a Boba Fett show, and this is what makes it distinctive from a Mandalorian show.
1: Yeah. And I think the positive spin I can put on that question of, you know, especially versus the last thing we talked about, The Matrix. You know, why does it exist? At least I think it exists because we haven't had the Boba Fett story yet, specifically yeah. Boba Fett. Right. There are things to explore here. The in and, and Relative. I mean, I know there's comics and stuff for the visual medium, it's going to be pretty new. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's what keeps me positive about it is that I'm, I'm excited for what they're going to do. And like you said, I trust Filoni and and them to have something, um, engaging, right? Something worthwhile, uh, so, yeah, I I would say, you know, I'm hope what I'm, I guess what my hope is here is that this is the worst episode of the season, you know? Yeah, um, that'd be great. To me, I felt like it just established a lot and didn't really do, because, you know, you, you, and I think they're kind of limited by that. Because imagine if they didn't do that, right? If they didn't give you, like, at least, like, the first three minutes in that show where he's, you know, getting out, right? Like, fans would have been like, well, what happened with that? So I feel like they maybe felt like they had to do it and i'm just kind of glad that it's out of the way. And, and i didn't have a huge problem with it, but you know, i think now we get into the real stuff on the on the next episodes, right?
0: Yeah, and i think there was something um it being 38 minutes. At the mm-hmm. end of it, i was like, "Oh man, that's the end." Cuz it was yeah. that 38 minutes to me, it was enjoyable and you know, you had the little story of him rescuing the sand person and mm-hmm. um, fighting that monster that was all fun but it left me saying oh man I wish they had put out two episodes and then I would have felt more satisfaction at the end like they did with Hawkeye where they put out those first two yeah. and it was like you can get a sense of what the show is going to be because again I still don't know what is this crime storyline like what what is it? What are they going to tell? Like other prime families are going to come in, you know, with Mandalorian, we got that very first episode and it was, okay. He started off as a bounty hunter, but then he found Grogu. And then, whoa, that was the, the hook. You're like, I'm in for the rest of the series. Yeah, He's got to figure out where Grogu came from. He's got to try to return him back. Mm-hmm. At the same time, everybody's trying to hunt him down. So it was that lone wolf and cub storyline of trying to get the the kid, protect the kid. With this one, with Boba Fett, after the first episode, all I can tell you is that was a flashback episode. That tells me how he got out of the Sarlacc, how he became where we found him, you know, at the end of Mandalorian. Yeah. How he got from Return of the Jedi to Mandalorian. And there's like a five-year gap in between those two. Yeah tomorrow Morrison ages 20 years in between that. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, if this, like you said, if this is the worst episode of the season, I'll probably be satisfied for Mm -hmm. book of Boba Fett. So we'll, we'll keep on going, you know, as the episodes come out, I I think there's only going to be like maybe 10 episodes. Something. This this is going to be our star Wars show for this year until we get Mando season three, one year from now. That's when Mando season three is going to come out. So that's going to wrap it up for this supersized episode of seasons change. We'd like to thank you for listening next week. I think we're going to be talking some halo infinite because I'll be able to get a little bit more multiplayer time on halo infinite and more story time. I don't think there's any movies coming out specifically. So we might have to pull from our back catalog. We've got a ton of, of things that we could possibly talk about, but halo infinite might be our, Our big topic, but we'll see next week, whatever we've been engaging with, whatever we've been consuming throughout the week, we will let you know. We'd like to thank you for listening. Check us out on Twitter, Seasons underscore podcast. If you want to let us know what you're consuming throughout the week, you can always leave us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash seasons change slash message, or on the Anchor app, you can just hit the button and record it right on your phone and send it over to us. We always enjoy. Anytime you have some kind thoughts, you can review us on Apple Podcasts or just let your friends know, word of mouth is the best way to spread us throughout the internet. Don't forget to check out my weekly segment on Geek, so to speak, which is a weekly podle- weekly podcast with Wonder Robin Schaff and the Corrections Department. Anytime you want to see us playing video games. Jeff and I can be found on the Geek, so to speak, YouTube page. So check us out over there. And can you hear it, Jeff? Can you hear that noise, that sound? What is it? It's the seasons changing.
1: God, that took forever.
0: Ah! And Shofs here, too.